But today I want to go a bit further than that. I don't want to talk about what God has done. I want to talk about what God is going to do. So often, and it's so wonderful to see the students jumping around and doing their thing up here. And then when they finish here, they go back into the secular world, some of them. Some of them stay in ministry, which is great, and it makes it easier. But they stop jumping for Jesus. They... They stop doing what God has called them to. And as you spend that time here now, you need to see this in your heart. And you need to look forward and say, Lord, I I will not stop doing this regardless. I won't stop doing it. And so often we, we find things to distract us from doing what God has called us to do. And uh, yes, some of you will go into the business world, but it doesn't mean that you won't that you'll stop doing what you're doing here now. We need people out there in the, in the world bringing change. We, we, I'm in the unfortunate position of being a full-time pastor because you don't have many unsafe people that you come into contact with. And so it's difficult, whereas if you're out there in the workplace, you're able to bump and rub shoulders with people all the time. And... What keeps it going is you see, yes, this person's going to give their life to the Lord. I've just got to continue. I've got to spend the time. So anyway, if you've got your Bibles, most people don't carry Bibles anymore. If you've got your phone or your iPad, and we're going to put it up there, Acts 3, uh, 19 to 22. We've got some people with us here from Brackenfell, and I... I don't agree with Derek. Brackenfeld is the best. We are actually at the center of the universe. Because obviously that center moves. It's Jan Wellington today. Do you believe God's got favorites? I do. Andrew will tell you the same, and he'll actually preach you a whole message on God's got favorites. I agree with him. I can't preach that message yet. But Acts 3 and verse 19 to 22, it says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. And I've put there in brackets, removed. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes, and we know that heaven has received him, until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. I used to say at one stage that prophets need to show a prophet, otherwise they're not prophets. Okay. So I, I really believe that uh, if you look at those things, repent is an R, removed is an R, refreshing is an R, uh, received is an R, uh, restore is an R. And so these are the things that the church needs to be involved in, all of them. And the amazing thing for me is when there's repentance, there's refreshing. That's actually the promise of God. And uh, Sometimes I get confused because people repent and they repent and they repent and they actually dry out and they, they, they lose their joy 
And the word says, repent and you'll be refreshed. So if repentance is not bringing refresh, refreshing you, there needs to be something looked at. There's something not right. And so, but carrying on, it says he promised long ago that he would restore everything. So for me to restore is we need to be able to look down the road and see what he has called us to do. And I believe that God has called us to be a prophetic people. Every one of us at some time should have a prophetic, yes, Lord, that's what you want me to do. And it doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning. You, it doesn't have to be over some individual. There's got to be this prompting of, yes, Lord, that's what you have called me to do. When I, I worked as a mechanical engineer before I uh, went into ministry, and the favor of God was on my life. I would be called out at night because they had this whole procedure. When, when it's, the plant's been down for half an hour, you call that one there. So by the time I got there, they were like, two and a half hours, three hours, and they hadn't been able to solve the problem. And on the way there, because they've obviously phoned me now, they'd send a, a taxi to come and pick me up, not a taxi, the company car. And on the way there, I'm praying about it. And before I even get there, I know what the problem is. And I'll walk into the situation, I'll say, that bearing over there is overheated, it's damaged, it needs to be replaced. Oh, no, that's not. I said, just do what I've told you to do. Fortunately, I had the, the rank to be able to do that. And they would change that bearing, start the thing up, and it would go. And they say, wow, it's amazing. But you know what? That's just God. It's not me. It's, it's, it's amazing. I, I, at, the, at the same place, I worked at SAPI. We, we had a drought down in Natal. And so it got so bad, and uh, our factory supplied the whole town with water. And it got so bad, they said to us, okay, you have to shut the factory down. Because the factory used as much water as the town used in a month, in one day. And so they said, no, you have to, you have to shut this factory down until there's water, until there's rain. And so we went into this big production meeting, and uh, the guy who was, everyone was scared of him. Um, and he said, so what are we going to do? So I just told him, we're going to pray. And I got down on my knees. <laughs> it's quite emotional. Because I began to pray, and it wasn't an hour. And the rain began to come. They were able to start that factory up. And... It was thousands of dollars per hour what that factory produced. And they just like, so from that time on, not everyone didn't get saved, but from that time on, people would come to me with questions. What about this? What about that? And so we need to be those people. We need to be, uh, we need to have the ability. This is how I call prophetic beat. We need to have the ability to see to prepare for and become the future now. So we can see down the road, as students, this is where I'm going to end up. This is what I believe God is telling me. And you need to be asking God. You can't be sitting here and thinking, no, in two years' time, it's still a long way off. No, you need to be asking God now. Because God has called us to be a prophetic people. 
Terry Virgo, if you haven't heard of him, he says, prophetic people are people who are totally alive to the world's issues and yet sold out to God's perspective. The church needs to deal with things now that will hinder us from embracing the future. How do we do that? We do it in a place of prayer. Lord, we need you to do this thing. We can, we can see this opposition coming. Guys, we can't wait for the devil to be all over us before we are in a place of on your front foot. So we need to deal with things. We need to deal with sin, compromise, tradition, humanistic deception. You know what? So often we find ourselves in a place of sin and we just give it another name. We, we say oh, uh, things of excuses, issues of self-control. <laughs> yes, Derek. Uh, weaknesses. Do you know how many people we go to to minister to and they say to us, oh, it was my parents' fault. Come on. It's not your parents' fault. Even if it happened through your parents, you need to deal with it and begin to move on. I respect and I, I cherish people that are able to help people see what the things are in their life that need to be dealt with, but then they need to be dealt with. You can't just leave them and, and uh, have this problem for the rest of your life. For instance, me, uh, in 2016, I had a triple bypass. And you know, you can say, oh, it was the devil, it was the people, it was my mother because of her genetics, it was all this stuff, and I could blame a whole lot of stuff. But you know what the deal was? I ate too much, and I put on too much weight. And when I put on too much weight, I became a secondary diabetic. Because of eating too much. That secondary diabetes, what it does is it sandblasts the inside of your veins. And then eventually your veins collapse. So it wasn't the devil. It wasn't my mother. It was because I ate too much. And if I'd known this prophetically, I can tell you now, I wouldn't have done that. We've got to watch out that we, we don't blame our past and we don't blame everything else. We need to take a hold of our problem and deal with it and move on in our life. In Brackenfold, they actually run up and open the bottle for me. <laughs> and then, and then they, they pat my brow. Actually, Brackenfeld doesn't actually know me totally yet. When I was in Benoni, I would be baptized, and the water would just... But now I need to drink it, so I can't really afford to throw it around. God's attitude to the world is he hates it. It's a strong word, but it's the word that God uses. And he hates those who want to be friends of the enemy. He doesn't hate. 
He doesn't hate the person. He hates the sin in that person. And the prophetic church is more concerned about conformity to the purpose of God than for the comfort of the people. Lord, what do you want us to do today? How's this meeting going to go? Are people going to be uh, challenged? Are they going to be threatened? Are they going to be uh, happy with what goes down? But if you look at the book of Acts that we often read as Acts 2.42, apostolic Christianity was prophetic from the beginning. From the beginning. Christians in the book of Acts, Christians in the book of Acts were a sign of things to come. In those times, the Romans were ruling. They would cover them in tar and stick them up on a pole and light them like street lamps. They were prophetic. Sometimes I think we are pathetic. So I'm going to look quickly in Jeremiah 1 and verses 4 to 19. It's a long scripture, but I'm just going to pick some of them out. The word of the Lord came to me, remembering obviously Jeremiah was a prophet. The word of the Lord came to me, and in the Old Testament we had prophets. In the New Testament, it works differently. We have a prophetic people. Yes, we have gifts that are called prophets, but we are prophetic people. And so we need to work with that. And he says, the word of the Lord came to me. Whose word? Your word? Somebody else's word? No, the word of the Lord. I, I, I used to laugh at Derek. I don't know if he still does it. But he used to say to me, Roland, you know what? The whole kingdom of God is running, running on I think. I think the Lord is talking to me. I think the Lord is saying this. He says, we're not very accurate if we think. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Prophetic people have intimacy with God. He knows your very being. That, that prophetic word about uh, taking your organs out and putting the pianos back. But I think Patty pinched my word yesterday, but it was only for the ladies. For me, intimacy means, to type with that prophetic word, intimacy means into me you see. Into me you see. And we need to be those that are living in that place. Set apart, not self-appointed. We see people in the world today, they, they, they just uh, set themselves apart. We need to be set apart. Obedience. If God says his love language is obedience, if you love me, you obey me. You don't do your own thing. If you love me, you obey me. Let me tell you guys, if you want to have a good relationship with your wife, find out what her love language is. And then work into that love language. My wife's got five love languages, so it's quite a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she has. It used to be quality time, but as she's got older, now we've got to gifts, and it's a problem, because <laughs> gifts cost a lot of money. Obedience, as I said, if you love God, you obey Him. When He talks to you, you say, when He says jump, you say ha ha. There's no, uh, the guys in, in the elders in, uh, in Brackenfell, when I ask them to do something and I don't have to be hard or harsh, they get it done. They really do. They, they get it done. There's no, oh, this, that. If Andrew gives me something to do, I tell them and they get it done. Has to be like that. We need to be faithful with his word. You know what? We have to be very careful. I go to different congregations and I see different things. I've got a guy that's coming on to eldership now. Um, but he's very prophetic and he likes to move in the spirit and stuff like that. But I said to him, you know what? You need, you've got a bent. You bent one way. You actually need to bring that back. You need to not only be in the spirit, you need to be in the word as well. I was trained that you don't do anything in the spirit that you can't find in the word. We can't have these things where people are just saying what they feel is good and no. The word of the Lord. See, I'll point you, verse 10, see, I'll point you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down to destroy and overthrow. So I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to go through the scripture. You can, I'm going to go through the points. It says in verse 10, uproot and tear down, destroy and overthrow. Prophetic people are people of action, people of uh, not allowing themselves to be intimidated. If God says do that, you do it. But obviously make sure that God's telling you to do that first. Uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, then to build and to plant. All of this stuff. So you active. Prophetic isn't just in prayer all the time. Oh Lord, what do you want me to do? Because you know what? When you ask him, he's going to give you the answer to your question. And then you need to get up and you need to... Get going with what he's doing. You know, oh, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the Lord to do it. No, no, you get up. You do it. God has called you. He's commissioned you. He expects you to be obedient. We can't be passive. We can't be asleep. We can't be uh, apathetic. You know, we, we can't be pathetic instead of prophetic. We can't. We need to be on our front foot all the time. And as I've, I've been in full-time ministry now 27 years, and uh, I've learned. I'm learning all the time in areas that I'm back-footed and not front-footed. And I'm, I'm learning to push forward into God all the time in different areas of my life. We should never find ourselves with, okay, we've arrived now. Because prophetic people never arrive. They're always looking to the future. Prophetic peer people have no fear. Have no fear except the fear of God. But when you have the fear of God, there's no other fear that can touch you. 
One of my favorite things to preach on is resilience because of what we've been through. And resilience, the word actually means the ability to bounce back. So if you take a sponge and you squeeze it up in your hand like that, and then you open your hand and it'll retake its old shape. And so for me, we need to be a resilient people. I didn't know this, but I read it through uh, David Pawson's book, Unlocking the Bible. But Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, is one of those that we read about in Hebrews 11, that book on faith. He was jammed in to a, a, what can you, a log. He was jammed into a log and sawn in half. Can you imagine that? Sorry, I didn't see what time I started. Hey? Oh, you just carry on, yeah, okay. And, and back then they start waving at me. They, hey, you've had enough time now. Get out of here. We want to have coffee. I've got to be really fun fritted with those guys. <laughs> guys like Derek, they can be a problem. You can not get an opportunity to preach. So what I do is I lead often. <laughs> Actually, I don't lead because my ears are not that great and people come to you. <laughs> what are you? It happened this morning. The person says, when, when they go away, Patty, hey, babe, what did they say? So Ephesians 3 and verse 10, it says, His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be, known, should be made known to rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So a prophetic church needs to be proclaiming. A prophetic church needs to be challenging. A prophetic church needs to be comforting. When I first came to Josh Jen, every meeting, everyone fell on the ground and they repented. And I was like, these are a bunch of sinners in this place. I'm not staying here. <laughs> like we had a worship guy, Greg. Some of you may know him. Greg would play, this is the Bible. You know that like little tune? Or let my little light shine. Hey? Jesus loves me, this I know. And then everyone falls on the floor, and I'm like, whoa. Because I came out of a bit of a more positive bunch of people. <laughs> I was fortunate. Derek, Derek was the same. He wasn't like all fall on the ground. So I had a, I had a teammate. I tell you, I wish I could give you a film snippet yeah, of elders meetings we used to have. Me and Derek got separated. There was like 10 or 11 elders and Derek had to sit that side and I had to sit this side because Russell said, hey, when you guys start, there's, we're not going to stop it. It was wonderful. We kept everyone on their toes. So, so the, all these P's, proclaiming, praying, interceding for the church, praising, 
declaring what God has done thankfully. I saw that this morning. I think it's easier when they're young people. We are starting to get in that place as Brackenfell. Some of the people are, are coming forward. Others are standing at the back. We, we need to be, the, prophetic people are, it's the priesthood of all believers. We can't leave it to the professionals. We are the priesthood, that's who God has called to do what needs to be done. Preparing for the future and the return of Jesus. Are you doing that? If Jesus arrived today, would you be in a good place? Sometimes on a, on a Sunday morning, it was like, it's the best time for me and Patty to have an argument. Then I've got to stand at the front of the church and repent. And she just sits there. And she says nothing. And if I say something to her, hey, what you? oh no, it's you, it's you. And that's how Sunday morning is going. That's not being prophetic. If Jesus arrived, we could go to that small place that Derek spoke about. <laughs> Planning. You know what? As Christians, we throw our, take our brains out and throw them away. There's no strategy. There's no planning. There's no nothing. It just, we hope that it's going to happen. I'm, I'm not an admin person, but it has to be done. Stuff has to happen, otherwise stuff won't happen. As Will Maria would say, you don't know what you don't know. People are leaving and doing all sorts of things, and there's, there's no follow-up place. There's no... Duracell. Yo, she was a machine eh, when it comes to follow-up. Um, but we need to have things in place that, that this kingdom of God can be extended. Not just in our, we come to the front and jump around and enjoy ourselves. That is wonderful. But you know what? When we go back to our seats and someone gets saved or there are people that are not in, in a community, we need to get those people where we can look and care for them. I really believe if we don't care for the people that God gives us, he won't give us more. We have to care for those that God gives us. And so I tell Patty to do it and she does it. No, that's not true. We need to be those that are responding to what God is doing. Do you respond? I keep on saying not worship because I saw how great your worship was. So I'm talking outside of that. How do you respond? Do you, if you bring your friend with you and she gets saved, do you come find an elder or a deacon or someone and say, hey, can we pray for this purpose? Can we disciple them? It's no good just getting saved. The word of God says go out and make disciples, teaching them to obey. We need to be those people that are teaching them so that they may obey, that they may live in a place of obedience. 
So prophetic people. Those that see the future. If, you, if there's anything you take from today, I want you to take, I'm looking to the future. If you, if you haven't got something at the moment, I'm looking. And also, if you're struggling to see, the word says, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow your leaders. That's where you start, following your leaders. Because God has put them here for a reason. And we need to uh, fall into the pattern that God has given us. And so we need this arrowhead going forward, not this autocratic... uh, I was trying to stand up here. Not this autocratic model, but this arrow that's going forward, and the person in the front is pushing forward, and then there's those that are pushing right behind him. I, I want to challenge you this morning as well. If you are a com leader or a deacon or an elder, do you know the condition of your sheep? I love what they said when Peter was busy dying, they'd carry him around on a stretcher and they'd stand him up so that he could speak to the people and he would say, love your brother. Love your brother. Love one another. Okay. Can I pray for I just want to pray this morning. First of all, I want to pray that you begin to see the future. But to be able to see the future, you need to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Without the Holy Spirit, you will never know what your future is going to be. You, you, you can't partake in what God wants you to And so this morning, maybe Derek can do it, but I want us to pray, first of all, for those that don't know Jesus. And it's not a heavy thing, you know that. I remember when I got saved, like it was yesterday, it was 39 years ago. I remember the day that I got saved. I jumped up and I ran out of the church and the pastor's wife ran after me and caught me outside and I got saved. But you know what? I knew that God had his hand on me because it was like my whole body was throbbing. There there was like, God has got me here. God has got me here. And my exhortation to you guys is not allow others to influence your life. And so maybe you're even sitting here today and you once walked in a really close relationship with the Lord. And through whatever circumstances, problems in your life, You've allowed your walk with God to actually slide. And I believe that, first of all, if you've never been in a relationship with the Lord, you need to respond today. And then, if you've been in a place where you were once in a a good place, but you find yourself just going to church now as like a ritual, it's not something where you're establishing yourself in a relationship with God that I would love to pray with those people. So I wonder if you would just bow your heads.
And I just want to ask, is there anyone here this morning, and I don't know you guys, maybe you're all saved, is there anyone here this morning that has never said, I surrender my life to Jesus as Lord and Savior? People make, people make him Savior, but they sometimes don't make him Lord. If you like that this morning, I wonder if you just stick your hand up. I'd love, to, I'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone like that? I see that hand over there. Um, is there anyone else? I'm not going to rush it because God doesn't rush it. It's the most important moment of your life. You can put your hand down. Is there anyone else? You're not in the place that God, you know God wants you to be. You can put your hand down as well. You can also put your hand down. Yes, Lord. I love courageous people. For me, when you respond to God's word, you are courageous. And then the... The last thing, and I think Derek can pray for this, is for those that have never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because you can't be a part of being a prophetic people if you're not full of the Spirit of God. So I wanted those guys that have put their hands up, uh, if you could come to the front, we want to pray with you guys. Maybe it will make it easier if you all stand up together with them and uh, they can come. And Derek, maybe you could do the Holy Spirit. Amen. I wonder if you've raised your hand. Why don't you just come stand up front here with us for a moment. Just come stand up front over here. It's awesome. Um, can we have some guys just to pray with these young guys? This young lady come. It's wonderful to see people just responding to the gospel, responding uh, to the call of Jesus. <clears throat> Isn't that awesome? Mm, it's beautiful. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Just while we're praying for these guys, um, we're also just praying for those that just you feel you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Those of you that that call went from Rollins outside, why don't you just come? You can come stand on my right hand side, and and also I had this sense, you know, that Scripture says God is the God of the impossible, and um, maybe there's some of you that are needing uh, just healing this morning. Anybody that needs healing this morning, feel in yourself that you need healing. Why don't you come just stand over here? We're going to pray for you. God still answers prayer in regards to healing. I believe God has that desire. Why don't you just come stand on my right hand side over here. Yes, you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So can we have our deacons and 
leaders, home group leaders, there's a lot of guys that need prayer this morning. Come, David, come pray for people. Siobhan, come, guys, let's let's uh, let's get involved on this side over here. Let's just get involved. Yeah. If you're here just for healing your body, Chris, raise your hand for me quickly. Okay, awesome. Right. Okay. Okay. Maybe just lead us in a song just gently as we pray for the sick. Now, there's this incredible scripture in Acts 10:38 that says that Jesus of Nazareth went around doing good, healing all those that were sick. And Jesus is alive today. And, and you know, just as we're praying, Father, I thank you, Jesus, that you are alive. I thank you, Lord Jesus. It's in your will, it's in the desire of your heart to bring healing to your people, Father. Father, thank you that these bodies belong to you, Jesus, that they are temples of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you are Lord of the body. And Father, even though these bodies are consecrated to you, Father, we thank you, Jesus, that you come and just bring healing, Father God. Every area, every organ, every muscle, every fiber of their beings, Father, that you would just pour out your spirit.